Welcome to the Good New Days. We're on episode number seven. We can't believe it. We're seven episodes in. Um, our last six episodes have been a blessing, tremendous conversations, but we are extremely excited. We've been actually praying for this episode and for the conversation that we're going to have here today. But before we introduce this episode and who we have with us, we just want to remind you of a few things that we remind you every time we release one of these episodes and that is to make sure you subscribe, subscribe to our channel, make sure you hit the notification bell. So every time we release something, you get notified on your phone, on whatever smart device you have. Also, if you scroll, if you look down on our uh, comments or whatnot, you also see the option to give. If you feel that this blesses you and you want to bless our um, our podcast, our show, the best way that you could do it is number one, by prayer. Please pray for us that God will continue to grow us and bless us in our conversations and what we want to do. And number two, you could also help out by giving. So go ahead and give right there and, 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 and you'll see that there's a, a choice there on the memo where it says the good new days. Uh, so we hope that you could join in, in helping us in any of those things. But also, uh, the last thing that I want to make sure is comment. As this conversation goes on, comment, share some things that are blessing you throughout this conversation and make sure you share it with everyone you know. Share this interview, share this conversation with all your friends and your family. And again, thank you for joining us to the good new days. So today I'm truly, um, um, I'm blessed. I'm humbled. And we've, we've been praying for this. And I say that we've been praying for this because we've been planning for this weekend. Um, and then as we knew that this weekend was going to be important for our church, because you guys are going to preach there. And then you're also going to pour into our leadership throughout the weekend we knew we need to bring them in to also be part of the good new days. So today, with no further ado, I introduce Pastors Tom and Julie Klasner, all the way from Ohio. And they'll share what town, what town from Ohio? Junaidin Hutton. All right. I can't pronounce that, I don't think. <laughs> you know, we keep it simple. Miami or, say it again? Junaidin Hutton. Junaidin Hutton. All right. Wonderful. So we're just, we're grateful. I want to just introduce a little bit of who they are uh, to me and to our church. And, and we're all part of the same uh, church family, and it's been just a, a blessing. Before we started, we we spent a moment in prayer, and I and I still remember Pastor Tom when I, I don't know how old I was, but it was a convention. You could correct me if I'm wrong, but you preached and you and you and you began to you were speaking on freedom. I don't know if you remember that in Chicago, in Chicago. and uh, that message was so impactful. Was that the same message? I believe that we went barefoot, and uh, remember that one? Was that? I think it might have been the same weekend. The same weekend. That was a powerful weekend. So so you've uh, been um, a person that I've been able to look at for many years since I was a youth, since I was very young, and and just look at it and say, wow, you know, the, the, the gift of God is in this person's life and just being able to receive from the ministry and from the preachings and, and just for all those years. And... Then came a point in my life where the Lord started to tug at my heart and said, well, we're, I'm not done with you yet. And it was a tug of being called into the ministry. And um, the yes of that and the fighting with the Lord, like, I don't know, Lord, led me to a very special place that to, to today, it's very dear to my heart. Some 16 years ago, 16 plus years ago, when I said yes to start this, the ministry of God, to enter into ministry, I was sent out to go to Ohio. And at that time, it was Eurexville, Ohio. And there we had a training center where we would send, um, we would call uh, 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 candidates, pastoral candidates. Mm -hmm. And I was in the church of Eurexville, Ohio. 
And I was so blessed to be living upstairs in your church. <laughs> and every morning, eating breakfast at your church, but also sitting at the table, being taught by your words. You teaching the word of God, obviously. Um, and what a blessing that was to have you guys just pour into us during that time. And to this day, I'll never forget how monumental my short time in Ohio was. It made such an impact. It made a, uh, just an, an really everlasting impact because it's still embedded in me and in everything that I do. So I'm just so grateful for both of you uh, for being part of that work, for continuing to be part of that work. So when I say that today was a prayer and, and I'm humbled and I'm honored to have you guys, it's because you are very special to our church. You are very special to myself, to my wife. You're very special to the people of God, to our whole fellowship. And we are beyond grateful for having both of you to sit and have this conversation with. So thank you for, for being be here. here. It's great to be here. And, and uh, if you remember when you, when you first came in there to the ministry to be trained, uh, there was a gentleman in the church, John Heil, that invited you to go to the <laughs> Hall of Fame football game yeah and uh he came over and he said listen i want to take uh, rigo to the hall of fame football game and i said R really and i looked over and you were all excited you know you're excited to go you called me over to you and i said i said to john i said watch this huh? i said we'll test him we'll find out where his loyalty is so as you came over i said uh, I, I hear you're going to the football game and you were big smiles and i said well we have a funeral tonight. You need to come with me to the funeral. Yeah. <laughs> and you just, you just dropped, man. Yeah. It was like, it was like somebody stuck a pin in you. Okay. It was and my exit. Out, it out. was my exit out of the training center. <laughs> I, I get a couple hours out of here. It was great. It was great. And he, and he said, okay, okay. And I said, no, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You go know. enjoy the game. You said, <laughs> what time do I have to be ready? And you're like, no, <laughs> go enjoy the game. <laughs> and then uh, he was, John was like, man, he got you, huh? I was like, you know, I came over here not to go to football games, you know. No, I meant. If, he, if, he, if he said that, I have to, yeah. I have to do what he said. Yeah. But yeah. those, that's, and, that, and that's a funny one, but you guys did many things like that um, mm -hmm. with all of us that were in the training center, mm -hmm. but I, I still remember them personally that were, um, were so important, little key lessons like that yeah. that were so, so important that to, today, uh, man, they serve a huge purpose in my life. But like even moments like that, because, you know, today anyone, well, ah, you know what, it's Sunday, I'm gonna, I'll miss church right. because I'm going to go and tailgate and watch a football yeah. game. Right. But we were taught like, no, take care of the things of God first. And yeah. so there, there's just a lot of things that were taught to us. Very grateful. Well, yeah. You, you passed that first? Yeah. <laughs> Good. We're still here. here 16 we years later. We did yeah, the math that's today. That's amazing. That, that's yeah. amazing. That long. 16 years. 16 years. So how, how many years have you all been in ministry? Well, we started uh, a church in Toronto in 1990, December of 1990. Yeah. And um, so we've been we've been since 1990. We I got saved in 1981. Wow. You know, had our absolute radical uh, born again experience. I mean, it was radical. Um, yeah. We we had a young uh, boy. Well, actually, by 1981, we had three kids, and she came to me one time and said, I. I know we're not going to church. Uh, I didn't want anything to do with Jesus. I didn't believe in Jesus at that time in my life. I didn't want anything to do with Jesus. And uh, I just felt people were hypocrites, you know? 
So I, I, I told her, I said, uh, look, I said, I, I don't mind. She wanted to raise the boys in a church environment. And I, I thought that was good. Plus, it was good for my business because I was a chiropractor. Mm. And uh, I always hated hypocrites. And there I was <laughs> being the chief of them, as, as the Apostle Paul yeah. would say, the chief of sinners. You know, and so here I am being a hypocrite, and we're going to church. But um, one day I'm walking in my bedroom. I'm just in my bedroom, and, and I actually had a born again. I mm. had no idea what the Word of God said at that time, but I mean the Holy Spirit came to me in that bedroom and convicted me. I, I knew wow. if, if, if I died that day that I would perish, and nobody had to tell me. And I knew that I was a sinner, and I, somehow I knew there was sin in me. And, of course, the, the Bible said the Holy Spirit will come and convict of sin. And um, I remember pointing to the air and saying, my, my, my name is Thomas. I'm a doubter. You know that. Wow. And I said, you're going to have to prove yourself to me. And, I mean, I stood right there, nobody around, and I confessed my sins, asked for forgiveness, and asked the Lord to truly come into my life and and just make himself known to me and it wow. was that radical and i go back to that day and uh, i've never forgot that day that day uh, there was just an absolute radical transformation mm. from that moment it was a moment and as a matter of fact from that moment i i used to read uh, prior to that i used to read uh, journals the journal of the spine the journal of sports medicine because i was a chiropractor I laid all that aside, and I just started reading the Bible. I had no idea what I was reading, but I yeah. just read and read and read. So the, the, a desire just grew. It, like it, you fell in love with the words? Just a radical transformation. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, it yeah. was just the Word of God. The Word of God, yeah. You know, I, I was quickened. I became alive that day. Wow. And I hungered for the things of God. And, and that, that has never left me. Hmm. Okay? I mean, uh, you know, my, my life has been, for the last 42 years to become as intimate with God as is possible on mm. this side. You, wow. You know. Yeah. And, and I think um, the way, and I'll say for both of you, really, to be honest with you, the way you live, the way you just walk alongside people, it's evident. You see that, it, and it rubs off, and it speaks to people. Yeah. It ministers to people. You know, there, there's, um, I heard someone say this recently. I don't know who it was. But there's certain people that if you just get around them, they just make you different. Just being around them can change you. You know? I think there's something about the anointing. Yeah. And and, and you guys are one of those yeah. people. You're one of those men that just being around you, you you, you just you change the people around you for sure. And yeah, it's the anointing. I, I just think yeah. because it, yeah. um, it, it it's not it's not yeah. The apostle Paul said there's nothing good in me that is in my flesh. I mean there's nothing good in my right. flesh. Right. So but but it's that um, it's God and that desire for God that He puts it in there. Yeah. You know, uh, they spoke concerning Jesus. The zeal for my house consumes me. I, I understand that hmm. because I. It's like, um, and 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 we were blessed when we first got saved to find the organization that we're in now. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things that I mm -hmm. always thank God for because um, we were. We were founded and grounded in the Word and uh, in prayer. I mean, we would have prayer meetings. We would have two-hour prayer meetings every week, every week. 
And, you know, I would, I would come from my practice and I'd have all these patients. And, you know, I've got, you know, when, you, when you're responsible for people, you take that burden with you. Yeah. So I'd go to a prayer meeting and <laughs> I remember you'd pray for about two or three minutes and all of a sudden your mind would start wandering on this patient or that patient or what I had to do. I remember <laughs> so many times repeating the Lord's Prayer just to get my mind yeah, yeah. back, you know. And, and, and what was amazing, I had no idea that I was going to be a pastor. I had no idea. Okay? Yeah. But you would be surprised a number of people to say, is there something wrong with me? Because every time I try to pray, my mind wanders. Mm-hmm. I just start laughing. I said, I fought that for about two years. I was yeah. a slow learner. Yeah. You know, and then and then I, I I realized that even in all of that, the Lord was showing me that you, you know, those are concerns of yours. Mm. Learn how to turn them over to me. So, so even in little things like that, the Lord's faithful to to teach you yeah i mean and that he cares even for those and that he cares for those and he even things. cares for the concerns and he cares for the people that he that yeah. i was concerned about yeah. yeah so you know something that i didn't mention in the introduction that we'll mention it throughout and and part of your role now i know we're going forward and we'll rewind and we'll we'll, we'll move the the tape deck a little bit as as we speak but um forwarding now to where you guys are at uh Obviously, there's been a lot of changes, and we'll get into that in, in, in your role in the church, in the local church, and what you do um, for the organization that we're part of, our fellowship, which is called Christian Life Mission. But you're one of the bishops um, of our fellowship as, uh, as you function in that role, and that's what God's calling you, and you're overseeing churches and pastors. And really, you do have that heart, right, where you pastor pastors yes. and, and stuff like that, and it's evident. So it's, it's amazing to see you in that role as that's what you are to me, right, Bishop Tom? And just um, very, very um, uh, interesting, right? How we get to that place from that one, pr- that one prayer, that one moment. It, it's it, you know, it's like um, like Saul's on the road to Damascus. He's doing God a favor. He's gonna go, you know, kill these Christians because he's zealot for the things of God. Yet he's really harming God's people. He's a f- <laughs> he's really striking the heart of God, and and he strikes him on that road and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul's life is transformed. Can you imagine now? So I was like, wait a minute. Now I'm on their team, and I'm planning churches with them, and I'm, and I'm, you know, and, it, and it's interesting when you fast forward to see like the role and what mm-hmm. people are doing now, but how it started, yeah. and, and just that one room, that prayer, that that in, encounter with God, and and some forty years later, you you made a statement which is so powerful. I'm still, I don't know if you said I'm still learning, I'm still growing, or my focus is still. Yeah to develop or to grow in that intimacy with God. And that, I mean, that should be to the day we go with him. Exactly. Yeah. So. And to, to yeah. encourage women, um, back in those days, um, I came to the Lord first. And I would take the kids to church, and I'd come home and I'd tell him, you're not saved. Mm. Like, he was highly offended. I am saved, <laughs> highly good. offended. And I um, just started praying. Like I'm like, God, if you can save him, you can do anything. Wow. I will believe your God if you can save him. And uh, that was my prayer for a while. But um, God did save him. But even then, it was like, I'm, I'm like, I think women... Um, many times are more spiritual first Mm. you know the women 
the men come and they're more stable than the women, but many times the women are first. So I'm just gung-ho. I'm like, I'm sold out. This is the way I'm going. He's like, hey, let's not go overboard here. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> let's not go overboard. Yeah. I was like, let's play both sides of the fence here. But um, so, I mean, just what God can do from a total um, heathen. Mm, yeah. Who patients would come in his office and pray for him and pray. I, I, uh, I guess what I want to say is there was a lot of prayer that went into his conversion. You know, so just to encourage people who are praying her be, behind the scenes, um, the ministers are out front. They have to be. That's their role. That's where they're supposed to be. But there's a lot that happens. Yeah. Behind the scenes to get them to that point. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. That's good. So when when did you come to encounter the Lord? When was that transformation uh, for you? Well, uh, I actually grew up in church okay. in a very, very um, religious, real family. Hmm. And um, I went to the altar many times and got saved. Yeah. And, uh, but always backslid, always. Yeah. I mean, I just um, couldn't hold on to it until by the time I was 18, I just chucked it. I said, I can't live it. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'm done. And spent the next 10 years, 18 to 28, backslidden. Um, in that time, got a degree from college, became a nurse, got a career, married, three kids, house, cars, professional uh, dreams realized, living the American dream. Mm. And um, one day uh, I was walking down the street pushing one of our sons in the stroller. And I thought, I have got to get these kids into church. I've got to. That old training was kicking back in. And I I told him, I'm going to church. So in the beginning, I would take the kids and go. And um, there was a Bible teacher there who was a Sunday school teacher, and all he was doing was teaching out of the word of John. And I mean, it just came alive to me. I was fascinated. All those years in church, I never heard what he was just teaching out of the word of God. And um, I was hooked from that moment on. Wow. Got baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, found out I could hear the voice of God. And... Um, yeah, never, never, never looked back. You've never. Plowing with the plowing Always the ground worried about that I would backslide again. In the beginning, for the first couple of years, I worried that I would backslide like I always did as a kid. And um, I remember to this day where I was. I was in the intensive care unit where I worked. Um, preparing medication to give at the counter, 
And the Lord said, you will not go back. And it was that impactful that I have never considered it, and I know I never will, because that was such a burden. So, yeah. Wow. It's a great way to live. It's a great way to live. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great way to live. Yeah. We struggled. You know what? The name of of this conversation is, that's a great way to live. (laughs) It's a great way to live. (laughs) That that is. It is. It is. We we struggled. in our marriage uh, before I got saved and in the first few years of being saved. And uh, and I would never forget, she had a full-time job. She was raising the three kids and uh, I was seeing many patients, but she always found time to pray. And sometimes she would pray, well, every day, she would find uh, three hours a day. Hmm. And a lot of that was just to survive to begin with just simply to survive. and But she had found that that's how she could survive, mm. okay, by prayer. And, um, and, and then, then, uh, then through the prayer, she realized the relationship that she had established, and then it was no longer to survive. It was, it was to thrive mm. mm-hmm. because she loved the presence of God, you know. And, and, I, and I'm convinced that... Um, uh, you know, I came within probably a nanosecond of divorcing her. And I oh. would have divorced her if it had not been uh, for my three boys. Wow. And uh, so I, 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 know, I know when people are struggling uh, in their marriage, and, and I, I, I know what it's like. Uh, and I'm I, I beginning to understand what I did to her, you know. But um, I, I remember going out one night... Um, and just just weeping and howling and begging God to teach me how to love my wife. Wow. Just begging. I, I'm talking about just flooding tears uh, because I realized that I, I might be saved now, but I, I don't even know God. Hmm. And you know, in all honesty, uh, God just started showing me all of these scriptures. Hmm. God started to speak to my heart, and it took time, don't misunderstand me, but year by year, he, he taught me, you know, how to love her, wow. you know, that type of thing, and, and, and man, as, I, I'll never forget, I'll never, ever forget, he, he showed me how to pray for her, and mind you, we're, we're in the midst of, uh, the relationship was not good, I mean, if any, anybody is, uh, got this kind of relationship trust me the relationship was not good mm. and and I started to pray for her and, and it's a true story the first time that I literally prayed for her f- in order for her to uh, be free I didn't tell her she come out of the room one day and her eyes are this big around and she says you're praying for me aren't you <laughs> And I looked, you remember that? Mm-hmm. I looked at her and I said, oh. how did you know? Nobody knew I was praying for her other than God. I feel it. Wow. I feel your prayers. Wow. And, and that was the first time that I ever prayed for her. Now, I might have prayed for her for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Okay? Yeah, yeah, it's different. But wow. being such a pain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah Lord, she's a pain, man. <laughs> yeah. No, but... but I, and, and I guess, I guess, 
I think that's where the zeal comes from because when you go through life and you realize, you know, you know, the Apostle Paul said, oh, wretched man I am. And yeah. I, I think every one of us comes to a place to realize we're nothing but a wretch. Yep. And when you come to that place and realize you're a wretch and then you cry out to God and then God does stuff like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How can you yeah. not, I mean, you, 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 you cannot not Mm. have zeal for the Lord. Yeah. You know, so, it, you know, it's those, it's those terrible experiences um, that, that we've gone through that, that the Lord has shown himself yeah. and revealed himself to us mm. in the midst of it. And now, you know, thank God, um, I mean, I, I love her. I mean, I mean yeah. it's unbelievable. Yeah. Relationship. Well, my my wife's here, and she's watching from across the room. But we always we. It's funny when when a group of us get together or other pastors, and whenever we're speaking, um, it's one of the and, and I mean this, uh, it's one of the greatest testimonies before us. One of the greatest testimonies that we've seen from you guys is how you love each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. Yeah, it's yeah. a God thing. Yeah. It's, it's a God thing. Yeah, and it's and we've seen it, and we, and, and we speak about it because it's it, we say like, oh, and how they love each other, and I, like it's just something that's so powerful, mm-hmm. and it speaks a deep place, you know. When I'm when I'm doing uh, marriage counseling, and uh, especially for people who are going to get married, I said, no, I, I said, now I'm gonna tell you, I said, because I've been I've been doing this for years, and I mm-hmm. said, it's a God thing, it's not me. Yeah, I said, you watch when my wife walks into a room, I said, then, then as soon as you see her walking in the room, I said, look at me. And I said, I guarantee you, you'll see me light up. Hmm. And I said, and the only way I can tell you, now I've been saying that for years, okay? And I say, and the only way that I can tell you the reason I do that is because of God. Wow. See? And, and, and once again, see, it's, man, I could cry because I know where I used to be. I mean, I, yeah, I, mean, I know who I used to be. Yeah, and then to see God take who I used to be, and then, and then that 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 woman that He had given me from the very beginning, and then and then waste all of those years. Mm. But I wasted because I didn't know the Lord. Yeah, and even when I came to the Lord, I still didn't know Him. Well, to be honest with you, I don't know Him. You know, there's so much. We know more what about. we know, but we know, there's a lot more to know. But there's a whole yeah. lot more to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. Amen. That's I have good. to say, though, um, I have, <clears throat> we grew up in the same school, and I have wanted to marry him since I was in second grade. No way. <laughs> this is the first time I hear this. True, true. Seven years old. <laughs> no, no, I am going to cry. Way. And I was, <laughs> no, I got when you, I was a little girl, I used to, um, <laughs> go to bed at night and pray that I could marry him someday. No way. I'm serious, but, but he never noticed I was alive until we were 17 and 18 years old. What? Yeah. Yes. So you guys are from the same town, same town and same school? Same school. We went to school. We, uh, so you've known each other since on. you were like seven seven, years old or something like yeah, that? Yeah, probably about seven, eight years old. Yeah. Yeah. As but a, totally... Totally, totally apart. Never, wow. ever, even friends. Not yeah. even friends. We no. But I just wanted to marry him. And so then when he wow. finally 
um, it saw, sunk in. I played hard to get. <laughs> and um, it worked. It worked. That's all I can say. It worked. Wait, no, here's the end. <laughs> I, I, know, I know this isn't spiritual, but right, we're just talking. <laughs> So anyhow, she sends me, um, she gives me her high school senior picture. Okay, I was just going to ask, when was this? So high school senior. High, okay. high school senior. High school senior. All right, from second grade and, to high school senior. Right. No, high school that's senior is when I, when yes, that's when a long I finally, time you've been praying for. I finally you. recognize her. I get this high school picture, and uh, I'm not going to say what it said on it. Okay. Thank you. And, and, uh, no, I would not do that. I, when the camera's okay. off. But, but, but anyhow, anyhow, I'm sitting on the bus, and I was the uh, captain of the football team. And she of gets course. out of her car, and she comes running over uh, um, to go to the band, okay? And the guys just get up, and they start running to the window and start looking at her. Now, mind you, <laughs> now, mind you, she was not my girlfriend. I, was, I had another girlfriend at the time. And I said, sit down, she's mine. No. <laughs> Can you believe that? And that here we are. is 10 years of prayer. You talk about prayers. That's 10 years of prayer, man. Girls pray. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I said, sit down, she's mine. Okay, and then and then I ended up breaking up with this other girlfriend so I could go ask her out. You're like, she's mine. I got she's mine. What are we going to do, man? You, can, you better do something about it now or all the other guys are going to be all over you. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Anyhow. Anyway, that's, that's not spiritual. But yes, that's that's amazing, though. That no, no, that's great. That's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. But it was, wow. I am fully convinced, always have been. It's a result of God heard the prayer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and 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 the trials and all these hardships that you went through in, in your marriage, in your relationship. Mm -hmm. So, how long were you guys together before you got married? Oh, uh, well, we got we were twenty, and that's so must have been three years. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and then you know you got married and all the hardships and all that, and then mm -hmm. how and then like what you said. Tom, like the Lord, God's what may, is making this thing work and what he's yeah, made it work. Absolutely. And it's almost like um, how he's put that together and that those hardships now serve the purpose. Yeah. See, I, I, I look back on my life and I believe that. See, that's, that's my faith. Yeah. I, I believe the Bible says we were saved before time. Hmm. Okay. And, um, and I honestly believe that that God knew and had, had ordained us. And, and uh, when I look back and I see how everything has turned out. So, you know, you, you, once you're born again, you know, my, my, my word to anybody now is keep your eyes on the Lord. Yeah. Because God had to do a work in me in order to bring about what needed. And yeah. then in the meantime, he was doing a work in her. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, he made her so desperate, she had no choice but to cry out just to survive. Yeah. yeah. Just to survive depressions, everything that I was putting her through. So, so yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I agree. I mean, God sees the end from the beginning. Yeah. He, knows, he, he knew what he had for us. Yeah. And I've always believed that because we've, we've been a team. Okay, yeah. we have been a team, yeah. you know, uh, all along, in, wow. especially in ministry. So how many years... This team that God brought together, the Lord did this work, this miracle, and this miracle that continues to unfold before us. Um, how long were you guys um, serving as pastors um, of the church? I know you were at Toronto. That's we're the first church, which is a cool story. I mean, I wish we had time yeah. to share every single deal. Like, yes, you built so it with your very own hands. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, the, like yeah. from the you built the structure, and then you built the people up. Like, there's so much mm -hmm. that goes into all that. 
So I, I'll never forget that story. So you started in in, Ohio, in Toronto, and then from Toronto you went that, to. We were in Toronto uh, December of 1990. Okay, we went. Yeah. There. Then we, we probably there 14 years. And then we were in Toronto for 14 years. Right. Yeah. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, matter of fact, when we left Toronto, we actually had more people in Toronto than they did in Yorksville. Yeah. And we would have stayed in Toronto except um, twice. In her morning prayer, uh, she she came to me and says. I believe that the Lord spoke to me that we are to return to the hills from whence we came. And I oh. said, babe, I said, what that means to me is we're going to end up back in our same house that we sold back in Yorksville. And she loved it at the time in Toronto. She started crying. She said, I don't believe it has to be. I said, okay, okay, okay. Well, six months before we were asked to go back to um, Yorksville, the Lord spoke that to her again. We are to return to the hills from where we came. Hmm. And, uh, and so we took that as a word from the Lord that we were to go back to Yorkville, not knowing we would ever be asked to go back there. And then Javier, uh, uh, I think his wife, I, I don't know, uh, had a, a dream or a vision or something that they were to go to Miami. And so oh. we were asked to go back. And, and so the only that's reason right. we went back is because we believe that's what the Lord was mm -hmm. speaking. Oh. So uh, yeah, so we were there 14, and then and then we came back to Yorksville and uh, pastored there for 14 years. Yeah, a lot of years, mm -hmm. a lot of years pastoring. So let's rewind for a moment. How how did that calling start? How how did you guys start pastoring? How did you say yes to the Lord? Um, I know I know you, you you were just sharing a little bit about what you used to do. How did that play a role from that transition uh, from your job as as doctor? Klasner, yeah. right, to, to now Pastor Klasner. How, how did that calling come about and, and answering that calling? Our, I, I, like I said earlier, my, my born-again experience, it was radical. Right. And, and I could never, ever get enough of Jesus. And I was never satisfied. Which, little side note, I've learned now that when I start seeing people who are never satisfied with the ministries and there's, they're always wanting more and more, well, maybe maybe there is more to what the God's called mm -hmm. them to. Hmm. Um, you know, I'd be doing Bible studies. We would be doing all kinds of things. Uh, and then and then one... It was seven years after... After I got saved. After he was saved, yeah. And, and we knew that we were called. We didn't know the term, whether it be missionaries. We didn't know, but we knew that we were called to do something. And uh, so we went to Puerto Rico, and uh, and we went down there for three or four days. David, Pastor David, Bishop David uh, Barlock was pastoring down there, and um, just would go and, and fast and pray and seek the Lord as to what we were supposed to do. Hmm. And I, I'm telling you, I know most people do not believe this, but it happened. Um, I was walking down the road in Puerto Rico, and in my, at least in my head, I don't know, in my mind, I have no idea, but I heard the voice of God. I heard, I heard, sell your practice. I heard it. It was loud. I heard it. It was so loud. I thought I was walking, and I thought somebody snuck up on me, and I turned around to see who it was that was talking to me, and there was nobody there. So you heard an audible voice. Oh, well, I, I heard an audible voice. Well, I, don't, I don't know how to explain that, okay? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say the voice of the Spirit. I don't know how. Let's put it this way. I just knew that I was to sell my practice. I went back to... He didn't say sell it, go to ministry, no. sell it, just do sell what? It. Just sell, sell it. Like, oh, my 
my gosh. I went back to the church. So you were in your practice. I was in my practice. And you were were attending church at that time. You were just... I was uh, attending church. Yeah. Yeah. And we were doing Bible studies outside of church. We were seriously into church. Yeah, we were. We were three times a week. Yeah. Every week. Took our kids, never missed, yeah. mm-hmm. never, never. And it wasn't we were, a religious, we it wasn't a routine. I mean, it God. was uh, we just, were seeking yeah. God. you couldn't get enough of Jesus, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah. So I went back and I told David, okay, and you know, you know, David, David's, you uh, know, well, you know, he said, uh, you're making a good income, and no, I know I'm supposed to sell my practice. He said, well, you know, you can help the church by, by you know, paying your tithe, and, you know, he, he was going to make sure that he wasn't going to say, yeah, go do it. If that's what the Lord said, go do it. Yeah. Well, here was the problem. On the way home, on the flight, uh, okay, go sell your, how are we going to make any money? Mm-hmm. You know, I was seeing about 250 patients a week at the time. So you, you can translate that into, yeah. into an income. And go sell my practice, what am I going to do? So on the way home on the flight, we figured out that, okay, maybe we won't have to sell the practice. I'll just cut back one or two days a week. And take an associate on. So I decided to hire an associate. So one day I hire this associate. This is true. I hire this associate. (laughs) So I have my normal 50 patients. I had like six new patients scheduled for this associate. Now, new patients take a long time. That day comes, <laughs> the associate never shows up to work. My receptionist was furious, but I knew. I knew yeah. I was outside of the world. Yeah, he didn't say to, to bring in help. He said Listen, to sell the product. I knew. That mm. day, I knew. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the fear of God entered the heart. That day. That day. But not the enough fear of God. to sell the practice. <laughs> because the, the problem was... Um, I must say a couple months later, I had this lady come in with uh, very abnormal symptoms. It was a young young woman, and uh, she was hurt at work, and, and I had even explained to her, I, I don't think it's a chiropractic problem. I suggest you go to the emergency room. I remember doing a special neurological exam on her, et cetera, et cetera, and, um, and I, I gave her an adjustment, which was in an area that shouldn't have been anything significant, about a half hour later, she had a stroke. Mm. I get a phone call from the, the hospital, and I could tell from the hospital phone call it was an accusatory. You did something. Right. I said, no, no, no. It had nothing to do with me. I said, listen, check her blood pressure. And I said, you know, I'd mentioned to her, and I'd go through all this. Well, long story short, she ended up suing me, okay? For a million dollars. For a million dollars, and I lost because they blamed <laughs> me. Okay, well, when that lawsuit, when that... When that paper came, she came walking through the door, and I said, here, I think we need to sell the practice. Wow. And she read that, and, and it took, unfortunately. And, and I look at it this way. God, I, I do believe this poor woman would have had that because she had these symptoms understand me and I, I I don't believe her there was anything I did but I know God used that circumstance to jettison me where I belong mm-hmm. so that was the negative and I I have so many regrets that I couldn't have been like Abraham that by faith he <laughs> went out not knowing where he was going you, you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. yeah I had tremendous faith 
but apparently I didn't. Right. You know? And I, I look at my life and I say, but from that, I realize I know God's called me. Say, I know God's called me. Wow. Because I know God spoke to me. And I know, I know that all of this God's used for the good. And, you know, I feel bad for the, for the, the woman. Okay? Yeah. But uh, yeah. I, I don't believe that what I did, you know, affected it. But it was after she left my office. But well, she had a lot of the symptoms prior to it. Yeah. I didn't catch it. So yeah, that that was. Um, so then a. Um, so the, so a the woman was your Jonah experience too. Yeah. Ah uh, yes, exactly. That's a good way to put right? it. Right, where you're like, I'm, I'm not, you know, well, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna, I don't know, I'm not selling, I'm not gonna no. go to Mendo. And he's like, all right, well, what can I do? I'm gonna put him in a belly That's of a fish. Exactly I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna bring this problem, and it'll eventually lead him to this. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. How the Lord deals with us. I mean, we don't yes. see it, we don't understand it, but we, we don't. He's got such I, a. I, he's he's so over everything. He, I think we were speaking about this earlier, during lunch or something like that, where we were speaking about like because we're just seeing things from from a different perspective, from mm-hmm. a different level. We don't see things from above. Yeah. He sees, yeah. And he's so big. He's grand. He's God. He's outside of time, and we're focused about our time. And so he just puts the stuff in his in our time to mm-hmm. kind of get us to the place where he hey I have this. Waiting for you, but yet, if I don't do yet, this, you're not gonna get there. Yet he's always reminding us: set your mind on the set things. Set your mind on your things above, yeah. and yet we don't that's do it. That's his heart. Yeah. See, that's God's heart. He wants us to see things yeah. as He sees. Well, yeah, and, and He says that hey, we sit in high places with Christ. Exa- exactly. Mm-hmm. But yet we don't want to take that seat, exactly. or we don't want to take that. And, and you know, I, I, there's just so many things we do from immaturity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not. I, it's but not, he's so patient. And he's so patient. He's patient. So, so merciful. Yeah. You know, but I, I yeah, I, that's, that is, um, you know, I look back at that in my life and I, I, I wish, because I knew. I, I knew. And the thing is, uh, when he said, okay, that's it, we're done, it's for sale, he had a buyer immediately. <laughs> <clears throat> he sold that practice for money that we lived on for seven yeah. years, yeah. going into the ministry with no income able to start a church from scratch without having outside jobs because we could live on the income from that practice that was sold it it generated that amount of income so it was like god just turned it yeah. all around yeah, yeah. wow yeah, amazing yeah I mean, it's amazing <laughs> so. and, and you know I, I was just thinking about this because you're sharing the story your story and I think if people have followed Christ for any amount of time, they've had moments like this. Maybe not like that, but similar where they've, there's been a, a wrestling, a Jacob moment, yeah. a, jo- a Jonah moment, um, where we've just wrestled with God. We're not too far from these guys that we read about in Scripture. We're, we're no. just like them. They're just like That's us. Right. You know? Um, and still today, there's people that, that go to our churches or, or pastors themselves or whoever, Christians, followers of Christ, but they're still going through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're still wrestling. They're still battling. Like I, I know I, I personally, I have friends that I know that are Christians, and, and I really do feel like God could use them to do great things. I, I really believe that. I have these, and, and they have amazing miracles, like, like um, stories and, and testimonies of like some very serious things. But what's happening is they're chasing money 
and they're chasing a career that it's almost in it's it's like a god almost an idol i'm not sure what it is maybe you know a distraction who knows but it's not, it's not getting them to that place where man if you could just be in god's hand mm -hmm. like god wants to do something in you and there's so many people that really love the lord or want to do mm -hmm. good for the lord but are struggling and they're they're in churches they're involved they're they're, they're it could be even pastors that are leading uh, leaders in, of any kind and, and I see it. I see it with some friends of mine that I know, man, they could do great things. God wants to do great things in them. But right now, their, their aim, their eyes are on the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the beauty of it is, you know, you can see the stories in the Bible of, of how God provided for people. Okay? Yeah. They're there. And, and it's, 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 it's a shame that we can't have that foresight. For example, I can have the hindsight Mm -hmm. Okay, the fact that I sold my practice and then we got to, after about seven years, for the first seven years, we never took any income because we were essentially starting a church from scratch, okay? <laughs> well, then when, when the particular money that we had started running out, on multiple occasions, I can remember one day praying at the altar and uh, it was like 8 o'clock in the morning, okay, uh, exactly 8 o'clock in the morning, and, and, and uh, we didn't have enough money to finish uh, building the sanctuary, so here I got this uh, stud frames, and I've got insulation, insulation hanging in there. And I said, Lord, I, I don't want to embarrass you. I said, but Lord, I don't have any money. You know, the very next day, a check comes. Somebody had overnighted $10,000 for us. <laughs> when that check came, I said, I know exactly what that money is from. I said, I've just prayed for that money. Wow. And we're going we're gonna to finish drywall. I called this guy. The guy lived in Arizona. And I thanked him, and I says, I said, he said, well, the funny thing was, he said, the Lord woke me up. I said, what time was that? Six o'clock in the morning. It was the exact moment that I was praying. And put it in his heart to send, and he sent $10,000. We had another occasion where we, we couldn't pay the bills, okay? And we're both crying because uh, we're proud people, okay? And... Uh, and, and, and we, we didn't know we, we were, well, we just couldn't pay the bills at the time. And um, anyhow, and, and, I, and I remember that day because I drove home to, about an hour home to fix my mother's car, okay? And just weeping like a baby. Now, mind you, this is just a couple years before we left to, to go to Yorksville, okay? And we made enough money in the year, but the income wasn't mm. consistent. I get home... And now she's really crying, but it's in a different way. And she says, call this person. I said, what? J just call them. The Lord woke them up that morning and told them that we were in severe financial straits. And they said, I'm going to send you a $6,000 check. I said, you don't have to do that. I said, this phone call is one of the, the, the greatest things that's ever happened to me. Hmm. In other words, God sees yeah. God saw everything we were doing. Right. And it, well, I have to send it because the Lord said, told me to. And so they sent six out. We would have people stop, drop $300 off, $75. So for people who are saying, I don't know what I'm going to do, see, hindsight is easy now. Yeah. 2020 mm -hmm. hindsight to say, yeah. I, wish I, I, I wish you could see <laughs> what happened to us. It is we were, a great way to live. It's a great way to live. <laughs> it's a great way to, live. a great way to live. You know, the, 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 the Israelites would open up their tents 
and the Lord will provide manna for them yeah. on the ground. Oh. And, and like, how are we going to eat tomorrow? He's like, and then they would save that. They would <laughs> save the manna. Okay, but. Let's, let's put it in the tent. It would spoil. And God's like, yeah. trust me, I got, <laughs> no, manna, I I got manna again for exactly. you tomorrow. However, sometimes you can relate to that story yeah. and say, I'm not bad-mouthing them because I'm... No, no that's what I'm saying. Okay. I would probably do the same thing and, say, and say, well, yeah. we're starving and what happens if tomorrow manna doesn't rain from heaven? Exactly. Right. I'm going to save some. Uh-huh. And what happens is you can't it eat it. Because, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> not going to eat that. Yeah. And the Lord brings it again. He says, yeah. throw that away. If, you, if, if, if you're full, then throw away the leftovers. You don't need it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I, and yeah, well, that's how we are. You know what's crazy about this, Pastor Tom, Julie? There are people today that enter into ministry. This is true, and you probably know this. And they can't plant their church or start their church unless they have a certain amount of money in their bank account. I know, I know. They're missing uh, all the... I have a lot of friends like that. But but, but what I love about our organization, and that's, that's what I think attracted us, the faith life. And that's what I'm grateful for. That is, it is a faith life. Yeah, the faith life. It's like you know, if if the Lord has truly called you, and 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 part of our training, part of our training isn't so much everything. It's like to look and see: Do you truly believe there's a call of God on their life? Because if God's called you, He'll take care of you. Yeah. Do you know that when we found we were we were meeting in homes when when I left Ohio, and and I started to come to plant the church, we had eight to twelve people. Um, you know, in Starbucks, and then in, from there in living rooms. Um, Claudia's here. She's the first person we baptized. Mm-hmm. She was one of my youth uh, when I was a youth pastor at, with Leo, and then, and she was one of our first members. And and we had this 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 little group, but then it started to grow to like twenty and forty, and and, and it was getting really uncomfortable in the homes. And and we found this one location, right? And um, it was it was. Uh, it was one by, right by where we're at right now, and we started talking about, oh, we're going to knock this wall down. The guy's like, what are you doing? I was like, we're, well, we're a church, and we're looking for something. He's like, I have the perfect place. He goes, takes us down the street, and he shows us the location that we're currently at now. And he says, this might be better for you. And um, I went with, with, and I share this story a lot, and I share this a lot to leaders and to, to people that I pastor or, or if I'm doing some sort of discipleship class. And right there, I was with Leo, with Pastor Leo, and in that moment, he says, let's go to the office. We're going to sign and I'm like, okay, how? You know, I have a, uh, like at that time, I was do I was doing the the finances of the church. I think we were bringing in like like two hundred, three hundred dollars uh, a Sunday. Like that's not gonna pay for anything. Two hundred, how do you three hundred dollars? How are you gonna pay for the rent? Like, how am I gonna do this? Um, and then we were in the leasing office, and the guy's speaking, drawing the whole contract out. He shows us the contract. I'm looking. I'm like, we we don't bring in that much money. Like, we're not going to meet this on a monthly basis. So I'm a nervous wreck, and I'm like, I can't sign this. Yeah. Leo's right next to me, and he says, hey, brother, if, like, you, this, is, this is the time that you have to do what you believe in, like, what you've been called to and what you believe in. <laughs> he says, you need to sign this and know that the Lord is going to provide. You may not have the money right now, but the moment that you sign this and you start and you live in that faith, you're going to see that God's going to provide for this. My exact words to him, and I do regret these words. <laughs> I regret them. But it's God dealing with us. It's the, it's the Israelites saving the manna. Mm-hmm. I looked at him and said, I'm going to sign it. But on your faith, I'm going to sign this. Those are my exact words to him. So I signed it doubting. Yeah. Every stroke was a doubt. Mm-hmm. But, I, but in my heart was, bless Leo. As, he, as I'm reading this, because I don't believe, I don't believe that this can mm-hmm. happen, in mm-hmm. a sense. And, um, and that's where the Lord wants to take us. This, 
The yeah. calling of God, yeah. it, it, it's, a, it's a walk of faith. It is. It's a walk of faith. And I think sometimes we forget that. I think that's the great reward. Mm -hmm. The great reward is, will you live in faith and will you find Jesus on the other side? Yeah. Sometimes we think that the reward is, if I do this, will I fill up the room? Or if I yeah. do this, will I, be, will I be recognized? Or if I do this, um, what, what, you know, that's you could just fill in the blank. Yeah. But, but when you read the scripture, and I love that our organization teaches us this and, and, and yeah. trains us in this, live and walk in faith and you'll always find Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. He's there. Yeah. He, because because I, he wants to show off mm. that he's good. Mm. And how do we show off God's goodness? It's when we could come to the place, to the end of ourselves and say, this was not us. Yeah. This was not oh, me. Yeah. This is God. Yeah. Because I, we didn't have, nothing in us was able. Yeah. And, and there God, and then God just says, point, point to me because it's, it's, it's all his glory. Mm -hmm. Because if not, then we become the, uh, the center of that entertainment or the yeah. center of that. Th and, it's, and it's amazing. You know, that's why I love that you guys were able to step down from the role of pastor and, and you guys are, are, are carrying a whole other load of things, but yet the church continues. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, um, and yeah, the next pastor couldn't be what Tom and Julie um, has done and, and, and was doing and, and what, what you are continuing to do, but now they come in with their gift, but the exactly. church is God's and the yes. church continues. Exactly. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And so, there's worth confidence yeah. is too. Confidence, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot to <clears> learn there, and I think... <laughs> It's for the rest of our lives. We're still learning these things. We oh, have moments where we're on a high and we're doing great. I know. Like, but then oh, it's like Elijah. Then the next moment, like, what am I doing in a cave? I, I just get scared <laughs> when I get on those highs. It's like, yeah. Because, no, no. you know, you just cut off the heads of 850 prophets and, yeah. and all of Israel screams, you know, yeah. the God of, you know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, whatever, you know, the God of Israel. And then within 24 hours, you're, you're terrified in a cave. And the Lord's like, what are you doing oh, in yeah. here? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. And, and it's us. We, we're them. They're, these are our brothers and sisters. They, yeah. We share their stories, but yet different. But, but those are constant reminders yeah. to us how weak we really are. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and who God really is. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I, I you know, we, we, I was praying one morning where the church in uh, Toronto is right now, where we have that church. And I'd been praying and praying for a long time and, uh, for a church building because we grew out of the house. That, that, that we had uh, restored. And, uh, and the Lord just dropped in my heart, called this man and asked him, uh, there was a, uh, an old uh, 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 grocery store that was for sale. Mm. And uh, it had been vacant for years. And so I called and uh, he, he, he owned that grocery store and, and he moved to another grocery store and made a bigger one. But he lived in, in Arizona, so I called to get his number, and they said, well, he's in town this weekend. Mm. I said, really? So I knew right then. I said, I'd like to make an appointment with him. So I, I went and uh, asked him how much he wanted for it, and I said, I don't have that kind of money. He said, I suppose you would just want me to give it to you. And I said, well, if you want to give it to me, <laughs> well, maybe you can write it off or something. I'm not giving it to you. And so then he decides to parcel the property. I mean, he was oh. going to make sure that yeah. if, if you don't have this kind of money, and he said, well, what do you got for a down payment? I said, I don't have any down payment. <laughs> and he just looked at me like, what are you doing here? And I said, I reached my wallet, and I pulled out a dollar, and I threw it on the table, and I said, could you give me 30 days to come up with a down payment? 
And he was upset at me. He snatched that dollar up and he says, I'll give you 30 days. Okay. Wouldn't you know it, within a week, there was two other churches in town that was bequeathed a million, $1.2 million, and they wanted to buy that building for a youth center, and they couldn't get it because of my buck, my $1. And so what, what happened? So what happened is I heard we, this story, but it's we, all coming back yeah, to me. Wow! So we ended up selling the house that that we bought and restored. We bought that house for ten thousand dollars. Okay, off this guy, we walked in there, and this and the guy owned a uh, a uh, car dealership, and I go walking in, and it was condemned. The house was condemned. Okay, and one day we come out, and she says, "That's our house." I, I can't go into the story behind it, but trust me, that had to be God because I really... I'm not that kind of I really person. did this woman wrong on many houses restoring them, okay? <laughs> so when she said that, I knew that this has to be God. So I find out who owns the house, okay? And I go, and, and this guy says, uh, what are you going to do there? And I said, well, we're going to live on this one side, and then this other side we're going to make into a church. And he just stopped, and he looked up, and he said... Uh, you, you know there's been several people come and, and want to buy that, and I'm going to tear it down. I said, yeah, but, but I, I want to put a church there. I want mm. to put a church there. And he looked at me again, and he says, um, well, how much money you got? And I said, I don't have any money. <laughs> and he just looks at me, and he says, well, what do you got? I said, I got a conversion van out there. He, all he wanted was $10,000 for the house, so you know what kind of condition the house yeah, is. Yeah, I'm sure. So I said, I have a conversion van out there. And he says, uh, he calls this guy and he says, go tell me what that conversion van's worth. And the guy said, uh, come back in, $12,500. And uh, he said, I'll take it. He writes me a check for, for $2,500. And we bought a truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and for $2,500, I go out and buy this old junk truck. And we just start gutting that house. Oh, my gosh. We ended up putting like $17,000 in the house. And by the way, the house turned out absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Did all yeah. Kinds Is it of the same house that's still structured there? Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah, been there. Yeah. I stayed in the house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, no. Uh, no, you no. wouldn't have stayed in that one. No, this was in Toronto. It was yeah, in Toronto. Toronto. before your time. Is it the same house that's still in Toronto? It's that's connected the to the church? grocery store. No, this oh, is before no, 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 the grocery store. No, okay, okay. another one. So, so you while, yeah, we're, while, we're working on this, while we're working on this house, the zoning committee guy comes across the street because he lived across the street. He says, what are you doing? I'm all excited. I just bought a house, right, for 10000 bucks. I said, oh, we're going to live on this part. And we're going to put the church over here. He said, no, you're not. No, you're not. I said, oh, yes, I am. I said, we're putting the church right here. No, you're not. Well, the next thing you know, within a week or two, I'm called to a meeting with the mayor and all the town council and all the different boards, okay, in the town, and the mayor's standing there, and it's the kangaroo court. And they're telling me, I'm not putting that church here. And I looked at him, and I said, well, if I don't put the church there, I said, then nobody else in this town is going to have any card clubs or any other meetings. And he kind of looked at me, and I said, he said, well, then you can't sing. Well, it was a real tense environment and I started laughing I said who told you I can't sing you know you know and it wasn't funny but you know, part of my life, <laughs> to you, you know? <laughs> and I said no we'll sing well you can't have an altar and I said we'll have an altar there too well you know by the grace of God they never 
said another word to us, and we ended up packing like 45 people into that this, yeah. before wow. we went to this other building. So the other building. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The Lord, the Lord at, at our beginning, I'm talking about our beginnings. But then, yes. the, you know, that, that mayor apologized later. And then the mayor, yeah. I ended up coaching his son because I was a coach, a track coach, and I ended up coaching his son for hurdles, and this was many years later, and he said, you know, Tom, he said, uh, I really want to apologize. I said, he said, because everything you've touched in this town has turned to gold. Wow. And he said, I just want to apologize. Amazing. And I said, it wasn't me. There you go. I said, that was That's God. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that was God. Amazing. What a life to live. Great way to live. This is a great way to live, huh? Oh. Great way to live. Wow. No end yeah. to the wow. I mean, excitement. Yeah. Man. Um, Wow. But our ministry, so, so, so Yorksville doesn't think I'm leaving them out. Because <laughs> you ask about my, our beginnings. Yeah, so, you, you know. And, yeah, because then from there you went to when, when we went 14 to years, you were there 14 it, years. It was a, a totally different type of ministry. Because in Toronto, we were on the streets, okay? 60% uh, of our ministry in Toronto was drug addicts, probably 55, 60. And I mean, I was always going to the, to the jail, to the halfway house, to the I mean, all kind of places. And yeah. Crack house. I went to the crack house one, one morning, knocking on the door. <laughs> and I'm thinking, geez, I could have got killed here. <laughs> you know, somebody shooting through the door thinking it was the police or something. And I uh, went after one of the guys that was actually in our church, <laughs> you know. But but we had such um, oh, such compassion for the people. Yeah. Now, when I when I got to Yorksville, it wasn't that style of, uh, of ministry. Yeah, it was different. It was a whole yeah. different group of people. You know, I love that in training when I was there in Ohio, it was always taught to me this this life of faith, that it's so worth it. Because one day, and you know, obviously we were sitting in front of older gentlemen teaching us. And at that time, we're, you know, we were young and we're there and, you know, we're, we're zealous, like, yes, Lord, yeah. you know, send me, here I am. <laughs> I preach to the mass, you know, yeah. you think all these things, you know. And... Um, but one of the things I'll never forget is always being taught to us, it's worth living this life of faith, you know? D live this life of faith. Because one day you'll be our age and you'll have these stories to tell. Yeah. Exactly. You'll have these stories that's to right. tell. That's exactly and, and And that's so important. And, and, and don't we read of these stories in scripture? Mm -hmm. and, and the Lord still continues to write these stories out. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, we're, the, we're living epistles and, he, and we're ri he's writing out these stories still in our lives. And, and just, man, just amazing. Like, to hear some of these stories because it's yeah. it's a reminder and it, they need to be told often sometimes we, we retire them you know we, we put them up in the in the in, what are they called in the uh attic yeah or anical, what are those things called the not the archives or whatever oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, and and we lose the power that these stories have because it is it's only god yeah. it's it only is. god so yeah. so all these years faithfully uh, serving the lord obviously one um and then from there, uh, you know, serving his house, serving his people. Um, I mean, imagine all the, the ups and downs and uh, the, oh, the, the, the good, the bad, yes, you know, uh, the ugly. Yeah. So, so ministry has its highs and it has its lows. Um, it's got its great rewards, but then it's got its, its sleepless nights. It's many, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's headaches, it's, it's heartaches. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, there's a lot. You know, we were speaking about some heartaches today. Um, that are that are familiar to our hearts as shepherds, you know, like hey, this is the stuff that you, that you have to carry. Um, what 
I don't know. I just want to just tap into that. Like, it just doesn't encourage me because maybe it's not a pastor or a missionary or, a, but maybe it's just that that believer that says, you know, I've been serving the Lord or I've been following the Lord for five years or ten years or whatever. But man, you know, this this is hard. This continues, and I see that. Like, I, I just had a conversation with a friend, and um, he's taking a step back. I just had it this week. And he's taken some steps back because of this desire that he's wanted. And I understand him. I get it. Because the flesh and, and the desires, and it's hard. It's, it's difficult. Um, but he's gone backwards. He's, I still love the Lord. I'm, I'm still with him. But, but he's going backwards. Yeah. Because these other things have distracted him. And, and, and they're, they're, they're satisfying his flesh and all these things. And there's people that are like that. I've been praying for too long and I haven't received the answer. Mm. Or I've been sick for too long. Or all around me has been death. Or all around me has been loss. Or all around me has been, I haven't been able to, what, what, do, what do you say in being in ministry, serving the Lord faithfully, all these things, knowing, yeah, we're not perfect, but man, Lord, I'm doing your work. Mm. But yet there's a struggle in that. Like how, how do we speak into people in that struggle to encourage them yeah. to continue? It's worth it. Continue. The Lord is there. How, what, what would you say when it comes to that? Like, how would he? Yeah. I've been talking. I've been talking most of this time. I say um, this. Maybe I can help you answer this as well. I say this because I'm going to get to a point because both of you have gone through that just in ministry with the heartache that ministry can bring. But there's also great joy. So I'm not trying to say, oh, mm-hmm. woe is me because I'm a minister. No, because there's great mm-hmm. joys and great rewards in it. Mm-hmm. But both of you personally have also gone through an attack. And we'll talk that, we'll, we'll come to that place yeah. where even as you're serving, even as you've been faithful for all these years, now in these years that you're living, you've been struck with, now I got to carry this. And, 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 and that, that's a powerful place to speak at because if you're at this place of, let's say, sickness, and you're looking at someone and say, if I could still fall in love with him and see his goodness, in my sickness, haven't even fully maybe even seen my healing yet, mm-hmm. then I could tell you that, that you can experience him an encounter in this way. And I know both of you have been there to the point where you've almost died. And yeah, he said, it's not time yet. And he's brought you back up from that place of death. Yeah. So, you know, there's people that are like that, that mm-hmm. that, um, that moment may give up or may want to give up, but but we say, no, it's don't, don't that's the worst thing that we can do. Yeah. yeah? I think the biggest, Thing, uh, at least for me personally and I always encourage people to seek God just seek God and um, hear his voice give up your own goals your own mm. plans what you want to see happen and I just was walking down the street two days ago taking my walk and an old old friend was sitting on her porch and she's having symptoms of that are not good. Sounds like she might be really, really sick. And um, she was asking me about my sickness, and she said, did you do a lot of confessing? Like, I don't know if that was in your age or not, but where I'm healed by the blood of Jesus, I'm healed. It's almost yeah. like a chanting yeah. type yeah, thing. as Christians, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, like you have to declare yeah. it. Declare uh, it, and then you'll see of, it. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. She said, "Did you do a lot of that?" Because you could tell she was desperate. 
you know, or if you're in poverty, I'm rich, I'm, you know, mm. whatever. And I'm like, no, I did not. I did not. Um, I said, I came to the point I, I had, like Paul said, I had this sentence of death within me. I thought I might likely die. But I decided either way it goes, I'm trusting God. And there's such peace in that. And I wasn't just saying it, I was doing it. And I think um, in these people that are struggling in things that go on and on and on, right. um, really in your heart, trust God. Trust God. And give up what you want to see happen unless God has put that there. If you're just going after something that you want, give it up hmm. and let God put in your heart what he wants for your life. Yeah. And um, that, that was kind of a novel concept to her, I could tell, and I'm not sure if she received it or not. But that's, that's been Damn. my secret. And to hear, to have the peace of God, to hear the voice of God is worth it, whether you live or die. That's worth it. Yeah. If you have something or have nothing, if you have the career you want, you don't. If your kids are towing the line or they're not, for you to hear the voice of God and for you to have the peace of God, mm. um, all that stuff takes second chair to mm. all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys ever heard of... Um, Caleb Freeman? No. I forgot his father's name. His father's a pastor. I, have his, I had his book. I just took his book out of my, out of my bag. You gotta, I, I got to send you guys, and I wish I had it so I could tell everyone to look at it. He was just at our chapel. His grandfather did spiritual emphasis week for a whole week at our chapel, but he surprised the student body by bringing his son and his grandson to share their story. And he shares about their story throughout the whole week, but Friday he ends with them coming and Caleb Freeman was his grandson, and he was in the car with his uh, brother, and um, a semi-truck T-boned him. When they showed up to the, when his parents get the phone call and they showed up to the scene, Caleb's head was on the grill of the, of the semi-truck. And uh, he was a star athlete, um, a promising athlete to go uh, play, I don't know if it was D1 or whatnot. Um, just a skill, a skillful kid, good kid. Um, pastoral family, you know, godly family. They had just um, a few years before, I don't know if you're, uh, they lost their seven-year-old son with cancer, and now this other son now has this accident, he could be dying, he could be dying too. When his dad saw his head on the, on the grill, no, you know? Well, obviously, long story short, I'll show you, I'll send you guys the clip. He fought for his life in the hospital. They, they said he would never uh, be able to feed himself. He, never, he, ne he would never be able to walk again. First off, he was going to die. Then he was never going to be able to walk again, feed himself. Then he was never going to be able to talk again. Well, this, general, this young man comes up with his father, and he comes up. And, and yeah, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a what's the word? There's a, there's a disability, I guess is the best way of saying it, you know, with his walking and with his talking. But he is speaking now to schools and to in jails and wow. sharing his story. He's alive. 
and and here he and there he is standing. He said, "I had a, I had a whole life to live," yeah. um, but he stands up there and he says, "But this is what God had," and and right and he's and he's he just pours out joy that comes out of this kid. I mean, he's such a test. This kid is is a giant. He's a giant. This this kid is a giant because he gives so much hope of. I have the word of God in me. Like I'm at the best place that I could ever be. Mm-hmm. And he can never run again in a sense. And he, and he can't, his, his speech is a little off, but, but he, you, you can never, and he, it's a great <laughs> way to live because he's glorifying God now. Before he was great, but he wasn't glorifying God necessarily. Now he's glorifying God mm-hmm. with this disability that he has. And um, I mean, he's reaching masses and his father goes and him and his father are a team and they travel the world, they share, they share their story. Mm-hmm. I saw in our school kids give their lives to the, G, to the Lord, you know, by the hundreds, um, just be impacted by him. His book sold out, his shirt sold out. And, and I think that's it, you know, trust mm-hmm. the Lord. Like he has a plan in everything. What is it that Paul says in scripture? Uh, whether I'm rich, whether I'm poor. Whether I'm, you know, that, that, that text where he says in, in all things. That's the context. That's yeah. It. In all it's th- so much richer yeah. having gone through that. Yes. Your, your life is so much richer yeah. on yeah. the other side. It's hard, hard to explain. Yeah. So let's talk about how your life is richer <laughs> on this other side. I, I guess we could start with you, Pastor Tom. Just share with us, just, I think it was eight or nine years ago? Nine years. Nine years ago, you're at the point of seeing death. Yeah. And it could have been your time. And then we'll, we'll jump into yours. But it, it was your moment. Um, this could have been it. You were going to cross over. And, and you were going to yeah, answer. I was, I was 99% sure I was going to die. As a matter of fact, uh, um, Bishop David Barlock uh, would come to uh, my room and bring me a, uh, a meal. <laughs> you know? and, uh, steak. Th- <laughs> he'd bring me a steak. You know? and, now, what uh, did you have? What, what was it that happened uh, to you? Well, I, I ended up having... Uh, endocarditis or mm-hmm. uh, it's another name for it but um, I had an infection and I kept going to these doctors and I never ever go to a doctor and I used to tell them I said listen the fact that I'm here there's something terribly wrong with hmm. well here the infection uh, uh, went through my system went into my uh, heart valve settled on my heart valve and uh, and uh, so they end up having to, to do surgery but they almost caught it too late matter of fact my my doctor uh, said that he he calls me his uh, miracle patient because mm-hmm. he, he wasn't expecting me to survive either. The, the, the danger was that, that there was vegetation growing on his Vegetation is infection. And wow. the danger was that it would break off because it was big. That it would mm-hmm. break off and go to his brain and cause a massive stroke. That wow. was the danger. Wow. But, but in the midst of that, in the midst of that, you know, when you, when you honestly think you're going to die, and um, for about the last, uh, I'd say, before I had surgery, uh, I'd say the last 36 hours before I had surgery, all I could think about was how holy God would be when I opened my eyes. You know, what, what is it going to be like? Hmm. And it made me realize that I got so busy hmm. in ministry that I've never even contemplated how holy God is oh. and, and uh, th- th- that's something that was very important to me at the time and, 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 and in the last nine years uh, that's something you pursue you know you pursue holiness yeah you know 
uh, what does that mean? Not not the way you dress, you know. <laughs> and uh, so so and obviously um, I survived the, the surgery and uh, survived you know, the sickness and and uh, and I look at it now. I and I wish I would see my life years ago like I see my life now. You're on borrowed time. You're on borrowed time. Yeah. Okay. This is God's time. Well, it's always been God's mm-hmm. time. But it's you become know. more of a realization. But, yeah. but it's a realization. It's truth, yeah. Yeah, I, I, nine years, you know, nine years, and and um, so, so anyhow, I, it, it turned out to be a blessing. Yeah, God used it to the good. Yeah, and opened a lot of doors from that. Yeah, well, you've been praying for this husband since mm-hmm. you were seven years old, mm-hmm. and and he's at that place where, oh Lord, you could you could take him from mm-hmm. me right now. How was that for you? Like, how was that prayer? And that conversation with God, like, I, you know, I really wasn't that worried. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I wasn't worried. Payback. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a medical conscious thing, but I like out of it. I just had a piece about me that. I can't say that things were going to be okay. Well, they were going to be okay one way or another. So I don't know. I wasn't stressing about him at that time. Um, He was stressed, and Pastor David would come in and say, (laughs) well, if you... If you have a stroke and you... uh, Of course he would say that. How do you say that? He would say, if you have a stroke... And you he can't you, preach? You still no. got a mouth. No, he said, and you can't move. You still have a mouth. You can <laughs> preach. <laughs> you can still preach. Oh, that's a lot. That was his ministry. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah. I could hear Pastor David say that. Yeah. I but hear his I, voice uh, as you're saying that. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Oh, I just, he was a blessing to yeah. me. Yeah. Well, I remember that he thought that, oh, this might be yeah. Tom's mm-hmm. final, yeah, final lap. <laughs> wow. And then a couple years later, so the Lord takes you from that place, and and it's almost a, hey, I have I don't not a second chance, but I got this other this next wave of life that I have to enjoy differently. Yeah. Right. Well, the interesting thing was, um, I had known that that I was going to build a church. As a matter of fact, when we first got to the area, the Lord put that in my heart. And so the fact that, that I was still alive, I was going to make sure we got the church built before I died. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because so you we, guys had just... Yeah, we ended up building that. The uh, land. You, yeah, had, the, you had the land. Had the land. Which I remember the, the land always being the... Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember when it was just like the, the hill there. Yeah. That's right. So, so you... We had the land and we... Uh, we I need to get that church built. Church, yeah. yeah. So, and the that, church got that, built. That's a beautiful church, oh, by yeah, the way. Yeah, you, yeah, oh, man. God that church is beautiful. God has blessed. What a beautiful church. I mean, it's it was built right. It's beautiful. The sanctuary, the foyer area, the, mm-hmm. the rooms. What a beautiful church. And our vision was that that was simply going to be the um, the gymnasium. So we, we, we were praying that the, the church would grow and we would end up having a sanctuary. Off yeah, yeah, I remember that. You said that was going to be a gym. So, so there was like a, a accumulation of 30-something years of pastoring until that building came. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's important to know because, yes, hey. yes. Exactly. You know, we, we toiled for 30-something years, but look, that building that yeah. building there, was, yeah. it's, it's, it took 30 years. Yes. It's, you know, that's the out of blessing. Yes. Yes. And know. then some years later, it comes and gives you a visitation, and we know that 
you know, yeah, we know yeah. the story well, but a lot of people may be watching this don't. Oh, but, okay. But then you, was, you get this knock on your door and like, uh-oh. Yeah. Now I have to face this thing that became real to me mm-hmm. now and yeah. to our family, right? You might be saying this is your, your how many kids do you guys have? Three. Three kids three and grandkids? Boys. Fourteen. Wow, 14, fourteen grandkids, three boys, yeah. big family. Big and now family. something knocks on your door and now yeah. the whole family and you guys have to deal with this. Share a little bit mm-hmm. about that and where you're well, at today. I, I, I still think to this day, I, could, I don't know if this is true or not, but... I, because of my personality, I'm kind of a, I'm less, I'm much better. God's done a work, but a control kind of person. I like my ducks in a row. Mm -hmm. And this thing of building that building was never my idea at all. I was very content to stay there on Third Street. It's paid for, you know, no worries. The congregation falls off. We can still pay the bills, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Makes sense. But he knew he had to build that church. And um, we were like a couple years into it, maybe a year, and I got sick. But I, prior to getting sick, I had been so stressed. I hadn't slept for like three weeks. We, we were building it, and there was so much to do, so many details that we had to take care of, that, and there, weren't a, there wasn't enough time, there weren't enough people to get it done, and I was stressed about everything from the grass being cut to the ceiling being put up. You know, it was just was weighing on, terrible. Yeah. I couldn't sleep. And then um, it, I got started getting a fever and uh, you guys were coming up for the weekend yeah we were just talking about that that we were yes. supposed to go and preach there and hang out with you guys yes and, and I thought oh I, I don't know how I can have them in my house I don't feel good I've got to get some antibiotics or something yeah so anyway long story short went got diagnosed I had leukemia which I found out later that um of adults over 65 carry that in their body. But if stress or something like that um, comes upon them, it can cause it Hmm. to come out. And so that's why I blame it on. It's me not building the building. It was how I handled it. I did not handle it. So anyway, I got sick and I was devastated, just devastated because I'm a doer. I like to get stuff done and I work from morning till night then, morning till night. Um, And at that time I was in charge of the children's ministry, the women cutting the grass, pastor's wife, organizing the video, mm-hmm. <laughs> everything, everything. I felt like I had to yeah. have my hands in. And I'm laying in that hospital bed thinking, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I cried for probably three weeks, mm. just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And it was because my old life was gone. And I didn't know how I was going to handle it. 
And then they told me what I had to do to uh, the treatment. This was going to involve seven weeks in the hospital and then five more weeks and then a hundred days in Cleveland. And I'm like, I can't do that. I'm done. I, I can't fight this. I'm not doing it. And I told Tom I'm done. And he called my daughter-in-law and she, he said, hey, get the kids up here. Get the grandkids up here. Make posters, do whatever you have to do. Wow. And they attacked me with a reason to live. Wow. And this is how I said, okay, I'm going to do it for you guys. That's the only reason I'm doing this. And um, so, anyway. But the Lord I spoke went, to you. Remember the Lord spoke to you moment I can't remember what he said then I walked out of the room that's right yeah 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 that was it I was like and he left the room that day I said I'm done I'm not doing this and um he went out and had his own private conversation with God and while he was gone the Lord told me you're gonna do this and so um he came back in, and I'm all happy again. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to do this. No, <laughs> so, what's going on? She said, the Lord told me it's going to be okay. Yeah, so. <clears throat> and I knew, because I told you for, for what, 30 years she'd been praying two, three hours a day? Right. So I know God's faithful in speaking to her. Anyway. And from that moment, <clears throat> she was a trooper. But it wasn't easy because... After I had leukemia and went into remission, I had five rounds of chemo, went into remission, another three rounds of chemo, and then I had a stem cell transplant that's supposed to... Um, I had a 19-year-old girl from Europe gave me her stem cells. Oh. And I was... Uh, that regenerates my blood. My blood type totally changed. Um, I went from A positive to O negative because of the stem cell. But um, as a result of that, then there were, I had for, well, it's been five years now, and I'm totally leukemia free, but I've had one complication after another. And um, from TB to surgery for a nerve damage, from laying on my leg too long to multiple pneumonias and graft versus host disease just on and on and on for five years it's been like that and one time I said to my doctor I said have you ever had a patient with this many complications after a stem cell transplant and she looked at me and she said no I haven't <laughs> I'm like oh dear but um in spite of all that, it's like, I, I don't know how, this sounds so trite, so canned, but I would not trade it for anything, for nothing would I trade that whole experience because 
Honestly, it is just like Job said, I knew about him. I heard with the hearing of my ears. Yeah, I heard about him, but now I see him. Now I know him. And for me, that's how it's been. And it's not a matter of living or dying to me anymore. Not one bit is it about that. It's about advancing the kingdom of God. And every day, every day that I live, that's what it's about. And it might be watching my grandkids play volleyball, but it's about advancing the kingdom of God. And every, every opportunity I get, not just to speak, but, but to be true to the Lord and to live for the Lord, no matter what comes my way. To me, that's what it's about. And if I die tonight, I know that my days are in God's hand. And I know that he knows how long I'm going to live. And so I'm at peace with that. I mean, I've settled it all. I settled it about my grandkids. I've settled it about my kids, my husband. I've settled it. They're in the hands of God. And he told me, he said, just a couple months, a few months ago, he said, you might not live a long life. He didn't say you won't live a long life. He said, you might not live a long life, but the life you live will be rich and it will be fertile. And that's what I'm counting on. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> and it's a great way to live. Just to go on record, to lighten this up a little bit. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm I, sorry. I, I was concerned. No, no. I always I, get I like that about when her. I do that. <laughs> she said she oh. was. Okay. Just to go on record, I was concerned about her. <laughs> you were saying, yeah. <laughs> I was concerned about me, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Oh, praise God. Oh, I told you I was going to cry, and this is going to be a mess. No, this is great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. <sighs> yeah. We're very, um, man. It's real. Yeah. It's real life. And, you know, you talked about earlier about what about these people and the things that I, I just believe we got away from the true gospel yeah. in America. I agree. Jesus started off by saying, if anyone wants to come after me, deny yourself and take up your cross. And um, <laughs> that would seem to separate a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And those were the messages, by the way, that we heard. From the mm -hmm. very beginning, when That's we first got saved, that, that just real stirred descent, us. Real descent. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't the easy ones. It was the hard ones. The hard ones. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, um, <coughs> I, um, <coughs> I recognize, uh, no, I, I don't, I wouldn't say I recognize, I, um, I understand that. <coughs> 
that every person has a a struggle and or a story or a a battle in which they have to fight and um i, I want to just speak into this weekend for just even if it gets aired it's okay you know the I wanted to make sure, uh, I'm, I'm very grateful that both of you were able to make it. Mm -hmm. um, I wish, I, I kind of regret one thing. I wish I would have just told all the leaders to be here for this pod, for this sitting. Mm -hmm. um, that, that I regret because I, I, I told them, you know, life really um, makes us a, uh, get busy with stuff that sometimes it just doesn't matter and it doesn't really it, it's it's just um at the end when it, when you're at this point when you come to the end of your survey like ooh, ooh, that, that didn't that's not even going to happen with me that's it's just foolishness i was stressing or i was carrying it and i told our leaders i said i would want you to take this weekend lightly um and i really meant this and i'll i'll, I'll share this i said to move these pieces and to get to allow, to have Tom and Julie here, it's it's because God wanted them to be here. Mm. And um, I just, I just, I'm, I'm, and I'm just grateful for that. You know, just sitting with you guys, I'm just grateful because this is an, an appointment from God. This is a God thing. And I don't want to just move so fast and just say, oh, this is just something because our church is doing it, or this is just something because we're just doing something for our leadership or whatever. I hope they see, and I hope our church sees, because you're going to be preaching on Sunday. Um, I know that this is airing later, but you're preaching on Sunday, and I hope our church sees that this is an important moment because uh, you have a word of God. Mm. You have a word of God, and you have a story, and... Um, and for me, it's not something that is wasted. So this conversation with its tears and its laughters and its stories, it's not something that's wasted or that will ever be wasted. It's something that's actually treasured. So I, I, you know, I don't want to put too much words into it, but, but that's, that's kind of how I look. That, just so you guys can know a little bit of my heart, I look at this weekend as a treasure. And um, I just want to take advantage of the treasure of opening up the chest and just enjoying it. And I, and I know that might be humbling to hear, and you might be like, what do I do with that? But it's because of God. And um, so I don't take it lightly, and I'm, f I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for both of you. You guys are a, a treasure to the church and a, such a, to so many. And uh, we're still being strengthened and, and, and just encouraged and blessed by your ministry, by your lives. And I hope our leadership and I hope our church um, could see that and open up their hearts to that. And I'm grateful for both of you guys, truly. We, we're grateful um, for you all. Thank you. It's a blessing. Yeah. Um, yeah. We yeah. love this. We love yeah. getting out in the great. churches. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, back to what you said. It's a great way to live. It's it a is. great way to live. It great is. Great way to die, It's too. a great way to die, too. <laughs> I can't imagine living any other way. Yeah. I, I can't. And how this boring is a, it would be. How boring, yeah. Boring. And this is what the good new days is to be about. It's to be about, hey, here I am through life or through death. I, not that I am just, uh, not that I'm hoping for, but I've already encountered and I'm experiencing the good new days. Mm -hmm. The good new days has become alive in my soul. And that, that good new days, this whole conversation, our whole purpose for this 
is to people to come to know who Jesus is, to come to hear the stories about Jesus. And that's what the Good New Days is. So for anyone that's hearing, that's watching this, that they could know that there's also Good New Days for them. You don't have to look or uh, run to the good old days or, or hope for the future, for better days, that Christ could come right now and do a miracle, do a work, do a mighty thing through life or through death and could allow the Good New Days to become alive in us. So thank you for being what this whole conversation was supposed to be about the good new days because you guys, the Lord has definitely done that through you all. So thank you guys. Oh, thanks for having thank us. You. It was looking, a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. So everyone that's on, we're going to end it here. Thank you. Another episode of Good New Days. We know that there's something that had to have blessed you. What's the greatest thing that you could do with this right here is just to share it. Share it with someone that needs to hear this conversation, comment, or if you need prayer, you need something, um, just write, write to us and um, we'll, we'll contact you. If there's anything that was spoken here that you just uh, um, need um, any kind of prayer or need to have any conversations on. Also, um, Pastors Tom and Julie, they're here. Uh, and I could, I'll, I could, you know, if you need to talk to them, I'll get with them and I'll have them reach out to you. But just reach out to us if you need help. Reach out to us if you're thinking you're at the end. There's hope. There, there's still there's still more so thank you guys thank you for an amazing episode an amazing conversation amazing time in his presence and thank you all for watching we love you peace out and have an have an awesome good new days for you right now amen <laughs>